ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to another episode of the Jake Motel Sports Experience. Another NFL Division Preview episode. Today, we begin looking at the NFC Conference with the NFC North. If you haven't checked out our AFC Division Previews, go back and listen to all of those. We've got all four, the North, East, South, and West, all there for you to listen to. And when I talk about we, it's not the royal we. It's myself and the one and only Minnesota Jack. Glad to have you back on, Jacko. Cheers. Glad to be here. It's a conference I'm a little more familiar with. It's a bit mm. more familiar territory, so looking forward to getting stuck in it with you. Absolutely. Let's get stuck in how it works uh, for those of you who might be listening for the first time. Jack and I will go back and forth with our team profiles of the four teams. Then we'll get into some general discussion of how we think things will play out in the division. And we'll cap off the episode with our division predictions for you. Let's get in and I'll start us off looking at the Chicago Bears. The Bears. Uh, the Chicago Bears got away to a 3-2 and two start through five games last season before collapsing to eight defeats in their next 10 games. Their final record of 6-11 and 11 saw coach Matt Nagy and GM Ryan Pace swept out the door as the team searched for a long-term mentor and team builder for potential franchise quarterback Justin Fields. If we have a look at the team ins and outs over the offseason, uh, the first major signings the team made really were former Colts DC Matt Eberflus as their head coach and Kansas City Chiefs Executive Director of Player Personnel Ryan Poles as GM. Moves were made to shore up the offensive line with Chicago signing a plethora of O-line names including Dakota Dozier, Julian Davenport, Riley Reef, and Michael Schofield. The draft for the Bears included two second-round picks to strengthen the secondary, with uh, cornerback Kyler Gordon and safety Jaquan Brisker, while their third-round pick went on offense, selecting wide receiver Valus Jones. So the big question for me is, can this Chicago Bears team protect Justin Fields? Fields was pressured on 27.3% of quarterback dropbacks per pro football reference. Uh, per game, Fields was the fifth most sacked quarterback in 2021 and lost more fumbles per game than any other starting quarterback not named Jared Goff. While some of that is on Fields learning to pick up pressure at the NFL level, a healthy share of the blame is on the Bears offensive line, which struggled to protect their young rookie last season. Fields showed how special a playmaker he can be even when he is beset by pressure. Just go back and look at the game in Pittsburgh. Um, can Chicago do right by their man and get him a modicum of protection in 2022? If so, I think the Bears can aspire to be a really competitive team in 2022. And I'll flick to you, Jacko, for the team in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hmm. So last season for Green Bay was just another dominant regular regular season for them, finishing with a record of 13-3 and three and clinching the number one seed in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers, despite his, let's say, off-field controversies, 
He dominated with a back-to-back MVP performance at quarterback. But as has become quite the pattern in recent years, the Packers failed to meet expectations in the playoffs when they lost 13-10 in the divisional round to the 49ers. MVP Aaron Rodgers was unable to score a single offensive touchdown. Now, when it comes to roster changes for this season, the big out for the Packers this season is the loss of wide receiver Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Rodgers now has to rely on a second-round draft pick in wide receiver Christian Watson or wide receiver Sammy Watkins from the Ravens to get him down the field. And while they lost linebacker Zadarius Smith to divisional rival the Vikings, two first-rounders on the defense in linebacker Quay Walker and defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt should ease that pain. Now, the big question for me is how will Aaron Rodgers fare without his number one receiver? You know, Rodgers is known to have trust issues with his weapons, and it takes a little while for him to become comfortable with new or inexperienced pieces. Can Rodgers overcome this massive loss at receiver and make the most of his current receiving core, or will he make them work hard for his trust and, in turn, sacrifice the wins? Mm. Over to you, Jacob. Tricky, tricky stuff. Um, Let's talk about kneecaps, all right? Kneecaps, kneecaps, kneecaps. That's what the Detroit Lions were looking to bite off in 2021. And boy, oh boy, did they give it a swing. A a 3-13-1 record sort of obscures the fact that Detroit played really hard for their coach last season, but endured five losses by five points or less and a tie in Pittsburgh. Those losses moored them to the foot of the NFC North, but gave them draft capital in 2022. Speaking of that draft capital, uh, that was spent on Michigan local Aiden Hutchinson, a defensive end who spent 2021 wrecking shop in college to the tune of 55 tackles, 15 of them for loss, and 14 sacks. Next up, it was a weapon for the offense in Alabama wide receiver Jamison Williams, who reeled in 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns in his final season of college ball. The second round saw the addition of Kentucky defensive end Josh Pascal, who produced a 52-tackle, 15-tackle-for-loss, five-sack season in 2021. In free agency, Detroit added former Jaguars wide receiver DJ Chark on a one-year $10 million deal. The big question for me, Uh, for Dan Campbell's kneecap mauling Detroit Lions is can the Lions bottle what they did in the final six games of the season where they went three and three and had wins over the Minnesota Vikings, sorry Jack, Arizona Cardinals and an Aaron Rodgerless Green Bay Packers team. Jared Goffins in the offense played pretty well down the stretch with Goff throwing for 11 touchdowns and two interceptions in his final five games of the season while budding star wide receiver Amon Ra St. Brown caught 51 balls for 560 yards and five touchdowns. It's on defense where Dan Campbell will want to see early season improvement, with his team having bled 100-plus rushing yard games in 13 of their 17 matches and uh, and managing just 1.8 sacks per game, which was the second lowest sacks per game rate in the league. That's what they've attempted to remedy in this year's draft. So we'll see now if they've, um, you know, amended that place of weakness. Over to you for your Minnesota Vikings. 
my time. Here we go. So time to shine. Last season, yeah, with the with the Minnesota Vikings. What a Minnesota Vikings season! Hey, <laughs> eight and nine record, flush with talent, but unable to grab a game by the scruff of the neck and win. It was a season full of so close and but if only with eight of their nine losses by just one score, including two overtime losses. But it was also a season full of highlights and intensity, given that six of their eight wins were by one score, including an overtime win. The offense was spectacular with Justin Jefferson putting up a season for the ages, but it was the defense that could never reward the offensive output, giving up scores at the worst of times and never giving the offense a chance to win the game. It's no surprise that defensive head coach Mike Zimmer was fired at the end of that season. Now, new GM Kwesi Adofa picked new head coach Kevin O'Connell to oversee this franchise this season, and they've made some good moves in the offseason, particularly on that infamous defense. First-rounder safety Lewis Seen has impressed in training camp and could offer some good youth in that secondary. The Vikings also acquired two linebackers in Zadarius Smith and Jordan Hicks, which allows more freedom for Eric Kendricks to continue his development as the best linebacker in the game. Losing tight end Tyler Conklin to the Jets leaves less depth behind Irv Smith Jr., which is a concern given the thumb injury he sustained just a few days ago. The big question for me, right, is can the Vikings finally take advantage of their loaded roster and win this division? The opportunity is easier than ever with the Packers in a vulnerable vulnerable position, and the Bears and Lions still in some form of a rebuild mode. We've seen this movie movie before. The Vikings always look good in training camp. Minnesota needs to actually deliver this time. And with a new Super Bowl-winning coach who's offensive-minded, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson dominating on offense, and a defense that has been reconfigured and improved upon, a deep playoff run is the only option. Oh, the only option. Um, yes. Oh man, where to start here? I feel like um, let let's dig in at, at the top of the division. I think that's where we've got to dig in. And really, I think we would both agree that you know you're looking at the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, uh, like I, I suppose I'll I'll sort of tap in here to what you're talking about with you know, the Packers having lost Devontae Adams. And and that is that, you know, Green Bay did win a Super Bowl without Devontae Adams. They never made it back to the Super Bowl while he's been in the side. I think Aaron Rodgers is the kind of quarterback who can elevate the talent around him. You mentioned sometimes it can take a while to build that chemistry and rapport. I think the good thing is that he does have players there I mean, it's sort of underrated too. He lost Marquez Valdez Scantling as well. You know, it's mm. it's not it's not just the number one guy. It's you know some of the depth in that room as well. But there are guys that he likes. I've got a lot of confidence in the running game, like the overall style of the Packers. Um, I've got confidence in you know Rogers' ability to perform no matter who's around him. If you look at the splits between you know Rogers. With Devontae Adams, Rogers without Devontae Adams, it's pretty similar. Like, like this guy, he does rack it up. But there's a question mark over this Packers team because they've fallen, you know, at that sort of final, you know, pre-Super Bowl hurdle now so many times 
in a row, you know, they got, and at home too, like they were knocked off in Green Bay, I think it was by the, by the Bucks, you know, in 2020 in the COVID year, I think if memory serves correct, and they really sort of mm-hmm. got beat up. That was the, the, the game where Rodgers didn't run it in for the touchdown. And there was the dispute, yeah. you know, about the, oh, should we, should we have gone for it on fourth down and all that. They also then lost in the freaking snow to the 49ers last year. So there's question marks like, you know, I think it's between these two teams. How, where are you at as a Vikings fan? Like, what's your confidence level? Because, you know, I know you've been hurt before, but at, but at, are you in oh, love yeah. again? Have you allowed yourself to fall in love? Ah, oh, okay. So the Packers for me are an interesting one. Well, firstly when you were listing out, you know, what changes the Packers have made. Didn't realize, sorry, the the Bears, just wanted to make note, they've taken two of our offensive linemen. linemen. Mm, Dakota yeah. Dozier and Riley are both Vikings guys. So having had a look at those guys, I don't think the Bears are that improved on the yeah. offensive line. But hey, sometimes a new team uh, can get something out of them. I'll <laughs> We'll see how that goes. But uh, with, with Green Bay, I think... The trust thing is interesting because, yes, Rodgers does take a little while to get get that chemistry with his receivers. But the fact that they've had, like, this whole offseason without Adams, that time might be shortened because often when we've seen him have to adjust, it's in season. Someone's out with injury. You know, someone's come up in the depth chart. And on the run, he has to adjust to these guys with the whole offseason to get ready with Watson, the rookie, with Watkins from the Ravens. And still Alan Lazard is still at the Packers, so he's still got a receiver there that he's used to. Um, and his tight end, Robert Tonyan, they have a really good relationship, so he's still got options there. So I don't see them completely falling apart, but it is a question, right? You just have to wonder. And, and with Rodgers as well, like, he's put up back-to-back MVP performances. I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but it would be incredibly impressive if he puts up another MVP level season, right? So you have to wonder if he can bring it again with a new team, uh, like at least a new new pieces on offense. And, and then the Vikings, in terms of trying to take that division title, it is interesting to know when you look back at that defense. The defense the Vikings had was just horrible. It was atrocious. But they were, if not first, definitely I think second, for the most sacks. So when, when it comes to quarterback pressure, they were actually incredibly impressive with, should also be noted, no one getting double-digit digit sacks. Mm. So they were first or second in the league, but no one got double digits. So it was a, the load was spread amongst a bunch of guys. And, you, you know, seven sacks went to Daniil Hunter before he got injured mm. in, in eight, I think. So we know that that, especially once you add Zadarius Smith, quarterback pressure is not going to be an issue. They just need to fix those, you know, get those cornerbacks to be a little bit better man-on-man. And that secondary just needs to really be improved so they're not giving up all these yardage. So the Vikings really have an opportunity with that defense getting upgraded and building upon an already impressive pass rush. And for the offense to just be as good, I don't even think the offense has to be that much better. Like, Mm. ideally, you'd want them to be better. But they could just be as good as they were last season and just win most of those games that they lost 
that were close games last season. And all of a sudden their record is instantly better. And if Green Bay does take a dip, you would have, you would imagine that the Vikings with that record would jump above them. But yeah, like I said, this is we've seen this movie before. The Vikings fans have been hurt many, many times. And I think you don't want to get ahead of yourselves at this part of the season. But it's there. And I think I don't think it's ridiculous to say that it's there. On paper, this team should go really, really far into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of shocking, really, when you look at that Packers receiving room. You know, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, um, Amari Rogers, uh, interesting one to look at out of Clemson, who they picked in the third round last year. Uh, a lo- lot of rookies. You know, I'm counting one, mm. two, three, four, five, six rookies in there. Now, that's not all of them will make it to the final roster. Obviously, a lot of those are depth players. But it is interesting that they're, you know, even in the draft this year, they, they didn't move to address that in the draft, the, the wide receiver. They, they had two first-round picks this year, and they went linebacker, Quay Walker, from Georgia, and they went Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle from Georgia. So I think that's an interesting thing to think about with the Packers is they tried to get better on defense, which I think, you know, you know, it was a smart move on their part. So just like, you know, just 20, 30 seconds here to put your feet to the fire. The question was, have you allowed yourself to fall in love again? Like, you know, you said they, they should win. They were. Do you think they will? The Vikings. I I think the Vikings will. I actually, yeah. I think that there's a lot of optimism and founded optimism in Kevin O'Connell. I think what he's doing there at this team, I think is really impressive so far. Mm-hmm. The word is really good out of training camp. You know, I've been pretty invested in, in watching them play and seeing like, uh, analysis of their training camp and it seems to be going really really well depth players are making plays um and i think that this is just since i've been following the nfl this is the first time with the vikings where i really feel like i really feel like the opportunity is there and there is no reason beyond football unluckiness why they shouldn't go really far. I think the last couple of seasons, it's been like, their roster's good, but, mm. you know, the Packers are still really talented. Um, how is there, how's the team going to work together? I feel like now we have the answers. Yeah. Defense has been improved upon and already has an incredible pass rush that is also going to be improved upon with Sedarius Smith. They've got good depth in the secondary now. And they got rid of all the guys on defense in that secondary who were giving up big plays. I, f- I forget exactly who we got rid of, but we got rid of two cornerbacks and a safety, all of which gave up like horrible passer ratings. We got rid of them all. And so especially like Cameron Dantzler, who was I think a rookie last season, if not second year, was actually playing backup cornerback mm. under these guys that left who had worse, who, who, who at least gave up better pass passer ratings to Dantzler. So the fact that he now has an opportunity to be a starting cornerback and back up a pretty impressive season, despite being a backup. I think, 
I think is really good. And then the offense just speaks for itself. Mm. There's no reason why it should drop off. So to answer your question, I have fallen in love. Yes. I'm deep in love with this Vikings team and I'm, I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way with them. We, and, and if we, and if not, um, you know, you're going to be covering them twice a week, at least on this pod, podcast that we've previewed recap. So we might have to bust out the Vikings therapy couch again, but I hope that's not the case. I hope they go far, even if it's for the sake of, of the podcasts, you know, our, our recap yeah. podcast week to week. Being if more I do enjoyable. go back on the therapy couch, it'll most likely be to discuss with you how to deal with all the wins, you know, just the very <laughs> new thing. And I don't know how emotionally I'll be able to take it. All right, we've got just a few minutes left here on this NFC North preview. And I want to just give a little bit of love to the two teams that I covered. Um, look, Chicago, I think precarious spot Chicago fans. I think you've got a real potential franchise QB. I don't know what these hires have done. Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles. Let's see. They've tried to, they've, they've, I'll give them this, even though they may not have gone out and got absolutely top line offensive line talent, they've at least attempted to fix it. They've made moves towards fixing a weakness. Protect him at all costs because, um, you know, the, you know, young quarterback careers can end so quickly if they're not protected and looked after and helped to flourish. So, look, I have big questions about Chicago, um, but, but weirdly enough, quarterback isn't the one. I think they've actually got the dude. It's sort of like everything else around him. Detroit, uh, if I was a Detroit Lions fan, I would be extremely excited about what Dan Campbell is building. Um, and not just because I'm hyped about the Hard Knocks trailer that they dropped, um, you know, a little while ago. I, I really do think that Detroit are going to transform uh, under Dan Campbell. I, I think that it, it's all being built in the right way. It's being built in the trenches. It's being, you know, built through culture and, and team attitude. And seriously, if, if, it, if it clicks, if they do bottle what they had in the last six weeks of the season look out this division because they could get up into that sort of third spot they could maybe even challenge for a second spot in the division if things don't go well for the packers or things don't go well for the vikings like i think detroit the pieces that they had that they got so close with last year unbelievably impressive five losses by five points or less and a tie you know they went three and three thirteen and one you know, this could have been a team that had nine wins last season. You know, if though if they convert those um, close losses into victories, let's quickly run through our predictions, just speed style here, Jacko. I'll go first. I've got the Packers first. Basically, it's a thing for me. I'll I'll believe it when I see it. If the I, I think the Vikings, I'm with you, talented yeah. enough to take out the whole thing, but I have to go with history. Uh, when Aaron Rodgers is on the field and healthy, the Packers win this division. So I'm going Packers 1, Vikings 2, Lions 3 with the ability to cannibalize other teams and maybe jump up further if everything fell right. I'm going the Bears in fourth. There's too many unknowns for me. What about you? See, I have seen it, right? I have seen it in training camp, <laughs> and that's where the Super Bowl is won, right? It's, yeah, It's absolutely. won in preseason. Yeah, so, so I am going Vikings 1. I'm going Green Bay second. I don't think they're going to fall off a cliff. I just think they're going to no. lose a couple of those games that they probably would have won in seasons past. I, I go the Lions three as well. 
and I, I also I also harbor the same optimism that you do about the Lions. I think that they're going to be actually a pretty impressive third seed. And then the Bears as well, I I don't think they're going to be horrible. I just don't see enough. I just don't see enough from them. Enough. Yeah. The Lions at least have a lot of this hope going. The mm. Bears kind of look like they're just going to be stagnant again. And so I put them fourth. Yeah, we can decide if there's hope for the Bears maybe after the 2022 season. Let's see how this coaching staff and front office staff look um, in year one. All right, guys, that's it for the NFC North preview. Uh, look out on Friday for our NFC East division preview. And as I said at the top of the episode, go back and have a listen to all of the AFC divisional previews. We've got them up there for you. Thanks, Jacko, for jumping on, mate. No worries. Awesome. Until next time, guys, you have been great. We've been reasonable. It's the JBSE. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.